0: Let's go watch it in 2D, no, let's go watch it in 3D, but if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? Hello, 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 this is Ada Vega, and today I'm doing an interview with Gerald from Sun Grand Studios, and uh, he's developing a game called Silver Falls. Um, so let's start off with some basic questions, Gerald, who are you and what do you do? Uh yeah, uh firstly thanks for
1: having us on the show. We really appreciate that. And uh yeah, uh, I am the director at uh, Sun Grand Studios and uh we've produced a, a couple of uh, mobile games in the past, some small ones. Um one that we currently have that that uh, seems to be finding a lot of fun around the world is uh, a fighting game based on animals. Uh we have one that's sort of like a a, a local MMORPG based on superheroes and things like that. Uh, and we're moving a bit away from the mobile games now and starting to focus on console development. and we wanted to bring something uh, new and interesting to the, uh, the new Nintendo 3ds that we hope people will find interesting.
0: Okay, so tell me more about your background in game development. Um, how long you've been doing games and you know Sure. well, of course, uh, growing up,
1: uh, playing games, I, I kind of always wanted to get into it. Uh, so I started in the early days where you had things that you can get off the internet, like RPG Maker, Game Maker. Uh, and then in the uh, sort of mid-20 th- uh, th- uh, teens, I uh, started on uh, Unity. Uh, so I have uh, a formal training and, and certification with software development, and that uh, going to school for that really helps me uh, develop the skills that I needed to uh, manage a team and 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 actually do the programming and organizing of game development. Uh, and I mean if, if anyone did want to get into game development, just go for it. you know try and find the training that you can do and uh, just do it. you know that's the only way to, to really uh, develop the skills for it. So uh, I, I work with uh, a few uh, team members depending on the project. some projects are small and you can work with a couple small people and then other things you do have to hire on some
0: artists and things like that. You know, when I was in high school, I actually did um, programming because I was thinking, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll make my own game." And I went to do a C plus plus, and I did about a year of that, and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> oh boy, C plus plus is
1: real tough. That's that's I I wouldn't recommend uh, going straight for uh, programming with something like C plus plus when you want to strictly do game development. I mean, there's there's other approaches you can take that don't require so much uh banging your head against a wall
0: yeah so yeah that's why i didn't do game design because that was the first <laughs> thing i learned was c plus plus and i was like nope, nope 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 yeah it
1: it can be very discouraging for someone that that wants to get into the act of doing the game itself you know and these okay. days there's, there's a lot of platforms that that can help you uh and not have to just look at lines of, of code all day long so yeah
0: Okay, so tell me about your new game called uh, Silver Falls. Yes,
1: so uh, Silver Falls, uh, Three Down Stars, uh, 3DS of course, is something that uh, came about uh, from spending uh, sort of uh, my teenage years playing survival horror games. And I loved stuff like uh, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, Parasite Eve, you know, all, all the old classics from the the late... 90s and early 2000s and unfortunately the trend with the game industry uh saw those types of games disappearing and instead of seeing sort of uh macabre melancholy games that are based on atmosphere and story um it seems like the industry has moved towards louder bombastic shiny games that are not um subtle in the way that they 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 present themselves and i feel like there's there's going to be like a whole generation of gamers that don't get to experience something like silent hill you know and i it it sort of bums me out to think that maybe we're not going to get any more games like that and that's sort of what has driven us to produce a game so silver falls is a game uh that uh Its main goal is to establish uh, a world and a set of characters that players can empathize with in an environment that is interesting and and we believe hasn't been done uh, in a game before. And that is, uh, it's not a, a supernatural threat that you're dealing with. It's not, you know, a zombie virus or anything like that, you know, supernatural things always have an explanation you know oh it's ghosts oh it's this um if it's zombies you know oh it's this it's that it's something that you can physically fight that you can wrap your head around and you can deal with so things start out scary and eventually that fear sort of falls off then it becomes a shooting fest you know or i'll hit this thing with the lead pipe uh whereas with silver falls the threat is a little bit more abstract you know there are are creatures that attack the player uh that impede their progress in the game but that's not the focus of the horror on the game and the sort of the the horror that we are going with uh is that there are characters that we hope are are relatable that players can empathize with that believe their reality is a certain way you know this is the life that i've lived it's always been like this and they wake up one day and suddenly things are a bit different people's memories are a little bit different people have lost time they don't understand why they don't have memories you know of the last 6 months or you know uh Things in their lives are different, and they believe that they're not supposed to be that way. And I believe that's horrifying because you can't really wrap your head around that. Uh, and you really want to try to understand what's going on. Am I wrong about everything in my life that I've been experiencing? Uh, and I think having that being the driving force be- behind uh, the story of Silver Falls, I-, I
0: hope that makes it compelling and interesting for people. Okay, so you said your inspiration was um Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Is Silver Falls gonna be a you know more adult kind of game, like gonna have um mature elements and, you know, blood and stuff like that? Oh, there there is blood, but it's not a focus of the
1: presentation of Silver Falls. You know, like when you hit enemies, uh blood, you know, there will be blood effects and things like that, but there isn't a sort of you know, you think of the start of Silent Hill, and it's it's horrifying seeing all these scary things. There's guts and there's blood, but that's uh, not uh, our approach with Silver Falls. The game, uh, depending on the region, you know, it's it's usually going to be rated uh, 12 and up or 13 and up, depending on the region. How long have you been making this game? Uh, this... Uh, particular game, Silver Falls 3 Downstars, has been in development for about one year or so. Uh, we're using an in-house framework that we've been developing for survival horror type games. And that's That's been in our office for a few years, just seeing refinements here and there, and we're finally getting a chance to use it. So we really hope that we, we bring something interesting and exciting to the table. What platforms will this game release on? Uh, we don't have any other plans uh, to bring it to other platforms, uh, so far as uh, we've planned and understand, this will be an, a new Nintendo 3DS exclusive.
0: Is there any cool things the new 3DS hardware could do that you can't do in the 3DS?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, we believe there's still just a lot of untapped power in the new 3DS hardware. You know that the, the processor uh of of the hardware and to be able to is able to process graphics in a way that the older 3ds couldn't and we've we haven't seen too many games that really make use of that and capitalize on that so what we're doing is trying to build a world that feels large and detailed and there's there's just so much to it that the older hardware couldn't really do um and maybe we're pushing the hardware a bit too far in some situations and we need to, to pull back and say, okay, maybe that's a little too much and rein it in a little. But so far, you know, we've been able to do things sometimes in development where you take a step back and look at it and go, whoa, I, you, wow, that's that's on the 3DS. That's cool.
0: Now, when I was reading up on this game, um, it seemed like you're referencing Majora's Mask and the multiple day. Um, how do you... Is that something you, that's really been part of the game, or, or not really? Well, I mean, we're,
1: we're big Zelda fans, um, but uh, Majora's Mask isn't something that really factored into our thought process uh, for Silver Falls itself. Uh, Majora's Mask had time that moved forward, and he had events that happened at particular times, and then, you know, of course, when you reset uh, your time in Majora's Mask, you do it all again, and certain things happen. On uh, Silver Falls, the time is actually frozen. So time isn't moving on. People are not going about their day. Um, But, I mean, of course, I I, I wouldn't hold it against people to compare Silver Falls to things like, you know, Groundhog Day or Majora's Mask, you know, a a somewhat similar concept in terms of restarting and repeating. But with Silver Falls, uh, the characters sort of discover if something happens to them, if one of them gets killed, you know, in in a battle with enemies or if they get killed by radiation, they wake up and... They're sort of at the start of the day again, where the things they've done, some things have been reset and other things haven't. So part of the mystery is these characters trying to understand, you know, what the heck is going on here? So using the
0: new 3DS hardware, can you use the C-Stick and the extra shoulder buttons too? Yes, uh, absolutely.
1: So the reason why we picked uh, the new 3DS over the uh, older 3DS hardware isn't just for the graphics capabilities and having bigger environments it's also because we wanted to design the core gameplay around uh, a fluid control scheme that feels intuitive and that's not really something that works that well unless you have that c-stick so we use the c-stick to control the camera of the game and then um the circle pad uh, allows free movement of the character it's not tank controls or anything like that so the character can walk around freely and 360 degrees. The city stick lets you aim the camera, so uh, exploring environments or aiming weapons and fighting enemies. The um, ZR and ZL buttons uh, are used in combat. Um, they're used for crouching or dodging, which, uh, you know, if, if you want to sort of stand there and trade blows with enemies, uh, you certainly can, but of course you're going to exhaust a lot of health items if you just stand there and try to attack. So we incorporate a uh, a dodging mechanic that allows players to sort of be a, a little bit more interactive with battles. And we also, uh, have a feature that we think, uh, makes battles a little bit more tense and exciting. And that's of course, one of the, uh, the, ZR button actually lets you use, uh, emergency weapons. So, uh, emergency weapons are a type of melee weapon. Um, and you can, you can choose to use them as a melee weapon. You know, if uh, an enemy runs up to you, you can hit him with a, a hatchet or a hammer, you know, and, uh, maybe that might not be the, the best way to deal with certain enemies, but it's for emergency situations. Now, enemies can grab the player character. So what happens is when the player gets grabbed, they have to mash buttons to escape. But during the, the time period while the player's mashing buttons, they're going to sustain damage. There's no way around it. So having an emergency weapon uh, allows the player to instantly escape that grapple and not receive any damage they don't have to mash buttons all they have to do is press the zr button they'll use their emergency weapon they'll hit the enemy with a big attack but the trade-off with that is the emergency weapon breaks and we think that's exciting because the player will have to sort of keep track of their resources and think do i have extra health items should i just mash the buttons or if i'm low on health items maybe i should use my emergency weapon you know and risk you know uh oh I'm, i'm gonna break the weapon i'll lose it but at least i won't lose the health you know but then they might be low on melee weapons as well so we think that adds a bit of a, a tense uh sort of decision making to the action
0: now with the c-stick it can be really sensitive can you adjust the c-stick and the controls to your liking uh, yeah there will be a, a bit of uh sensitivity adjustment to
1: the c-stick but we've put in dozens and dozens of hours uh to the to testing and and seeing what feels right and we we believe that by default you know it should seem um pretty uh, responsive you know you can make really fine-tuned adjustments you know without having to to treat the 3ds like a, a newborn baby you know um because we do we do know that when action gets tense you know and enemies are coming at you Maybe your movements aren't as fine, you know, you're kind of pushing the buttons a bit harder and things like that. But yeah, there, there will be a bit of sensitivity, but we do uh, take into consideration,
0: um, you know, having the controls be responsive and seem logical. And you'll be able to invert the camera if you want to as well.
1: Uh, yes, yes, we
0: do understand some players prefer to have that inverted. Um
1: I I lose track of which one I am, but sometimes I'll pick up a game that a friend was playing, and and the controls are inverted, and I feel like I'm I'm in upside down world. Mm-hmm. So, is this using the Unity engine? Yes, yes. Um, Unity is a great great platform to work on. Um, and if anyone did want to get into game development, uh, you know it's it's a platform I personally would recommend. But it's 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 a great platform to work in.
0: Now, will this game actually have stereoscopic 3D?
1: Yes. So, um, I personally have seen a couple games on the 3DS uh, that I thought, you know, oh, great, full stereoscopic 3D. And it's just a bummer, you know, to see that the developers had to make sacrifices and and disable stereoscopic 3D. So, we didn't want to have to inflict that sort of heartbreak on uh, players. So, the game does feature stereoscopic 3D
0: but it won't um, interfere with the flow of the game. It won't half the, you know, frame rate or anything like that. So
1: 3d is, is very demanding. You know, everything that's on screen, you're drawing it twice, you know, and we're working, we're really working hard to keep the frame rates up. So the majority of environments, uh, in silver falls, uh, you will see 60 frames a second in stereoscopic. It'll run smoothly, but there are environments that are so large and so detailed. There's so much uh, to the scenes that the frame rate does drop a little bit. Um, we do take that into account. We do consider that it does affect gameplay. So areas that uh, there there isn't enough time in development to, to keep working on the frame rate in those areas, we generally don't spawn enemies Uh, In areas where stereoscopic 3D frame rate drops, we don't force people to to face uh, a losing situation if the if the frame rate is going to be against them, Um, because we feel like look, exploring these environments would be great in 3D, but if it means the player's going to lose because their aiming was off, um, you know, we can't force the player into into situations like that.
0: So it's mostly going to be like depth based 3D. Nothing really going to pop out. Well, there's. uh, there's a lot of restrictions actually on on
1: sort of um, what you can force upon the player using stereoscopic 3D because when things pop out, um, it can be uh, uncomfortable depending on where their eyes are already focused. There's a bit of difficulty in uh, developing for 3D in that if you have a 2D game where the camera doesn't move around and you know the developer has full control over what is going on in the scene, uh, it's much easier. Uh, the problem with uh, a fully th- uh, interactive three D world where the player gets to control the camera is that the developer cannot really account for all the elements in the scene. So having things pop out, that that can cause a lot of discomfort. Uh, for example, if the player is their eyes are focused on their character, but then you know a, a, a tree branch sort of pops out at them. Um, that can cause some real physical discomforts. So that's something we do try to avoid. So, mostly the depth is um, going back into the screen itself, but we're able to to do things in a certain way where we're trying to get more stereoscopic depth than we've seen in other games on the 3DS. You know, it is very difficult to develop for 3D, because you have to take into account all the elements in the scene. And what we've seen uh, with the majority of games that exist on the 3DS hardware is that the developer sort of takes the universal fix, and they just reduce the amount of stereoscopic depth. And it sucks, because in development, we've been able to push that depth into insane levels. You know, and some of our testers look at it and go, whoa, I didn't know the hardware could look that 3D. Uh, and the reason why you don't see a lot of games use, you know, a huge amount of, of depth is because it, it can be uncomfortable if the de- developer doesn't control what's going on in the scene. So we hope we've, we've sort of pushed the amount of, of depth that people have
0: seen and we'll look at it and go, whoa,
1: cool. That's really, that's really 3D.
0: Now, one of the games that's kind of similar to what you're talking about is, um, Resident Evil um revelations that came out on the 3ds several years ago and that had like an additional slider to do your 3d um and they also had some issues with like dark areas and like ghosting and like double images is that something you have to worry about and try to see oh absolutely any any developer who's worked in 3d would know there's so much that
1: goes into it you have to consider your uh your screen composition at every step of the way. We have huge respect for um, Resident Evil Revelations. That's one of my favorite games on the uh, 3DS. And I, I think it's a modern miracle <laughs> seeing that game on the 3DS. And you do see a lot of uh, of issues with ghosting when you have something very bright in a dark scene as well. Um, and I come from a, a photographic background, so I, I try to consider things um from a photographic standpoint, while building scenes and things like that. And for the majority of the game, we, we feel that we've avoided uh, most of those issues. Um, but again, ghosting can happen. It's very difficult to, to consider all, up, all uh, outcomes that, that
0: can happen visually. But, you know, we've we put an effort to try and avoid that. Is this game coming out on the eShop, or is it physical, or both? At the moment, uh, this will be an eShop exclusive. Uh, You know, we're hoping we do
1: build a fan base and we have uh, players that we can interact with. They can tell us what they liked about the game, what they enjoyed. You know, and if if we do uh, manage to build a a sizable fan base and if there is demand for a physical release, um, yes, then by all means we would you would really like to do a physical release of the game because uh my personal preference is you know uh digital games are great you don't have to swap out cartridges but at the end of the
0: day i i just really like having a physical copy of a game i bet as an indie developer it would be some kind of satisfaction to actually hold the game in your hands and like i got this at target <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you
1: you're 100% correct and there's there's a tangibility to it to be able to hold the box you know and open it up and hold the cartridge and you know you look at it and the only thing you would think is man like thousands of hours of of hard work and years and years of 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 learning and and honing your craft and dreaming that you know oh, i play these games and i i really want to make games like these i want to bring something exciting and memorable to people you know that that is something that i don't think you could compare that to too many other things you know and it's it's something that uh i think anyone would aspire to and to achieve that would be a huge great goal uh but it's it's not free you know and if you produce a product for a market that doesn't exist and if you produce a product that people don't even know about um it's it's a real risk when when you're not even entirely sure if people will will buy something, and physical um, production of of a game, you know, that's that's a whole cost into itself. So, you know, you see big companies, uh, big studios do it because you know they have the capital for it, um, and developers that don't yet have a big reputation, uh, that's not a real smart move to make. How far along is the game? The game is about ninety percent done. Uh, we're in the final stages, uh, just uh, optimizing and, and making sure things are just right, uh, finishing up the the last bit of content that's in the game and and testing to make sure, you know, is this actually fun to play? You know, there's there's a point where you step back from development and you actually have to play it to see if it's fun and not play it
0: to see if it works. Now, are you worried about releasing a new 3DS game in 2019? The Switch is basically taking over. Are you worried about that? There's a a lot of apprehension uh,
1: that many people see towards the 3DS in 2019. I personally am not worried. I don't feel apprehension about releasing a game on the console. And that uh, comes from seeing a lot of forum topics and a lot of uh, people from around the world uh, saying that they still use their 3ds they use both the switch and the 3ds you know and me personally i, I use a switch co- quite a lot but if i'm going you know just if i want to play a game when i'm going somewhere it's it's very difficult to to just put the switch into you know my pocket whereas a 3ds has a huge library of incredible games, and the, that library isn't going anywhere. It's not going to disappear. Uh, so I can grab a couple games and put a 3DS in my pocket, no problem. The Switch is an incredible console, but it has a different form factor. Uh, it doesn't yet have the enormous library that the 3DS has. and We feel that there are enough people around the world still using uh, the 3DS that are impassioned about using it and that are still looking for something new, and they're looking for something exciting. So, you know, we're we're not trying to reach the entire world. We just want to reach uh, enough people who are looking for something exciting and interesting for the 3DS. And if we reach those people, then our job is done. Have you
0: considered making this for the Switch?
1: Oh, any developer would dream about, you know, oh, I'd love to put this game on this hardware, but When you're working on a project that demands so much focus, you have to make a decision, and when you make a decision, you have to stick by it, or development can get easily derailed. You know, so we chose the 3DS, and we uh, are focusing on attention on what we know how to do, and it was a bit of a learning uh, process because we had been working on the uh, development uh, on the 3DS hardware for about. Uh, 10 months or so beforehand to get experience and to figure out how to use the hardware. So by the time we decided to make uh, Silver Falls Three Down Stars, we were familiar enough with the 3DS hardware, and we wanted to create something that we could focus our attention 100% on. When you choose to make uh, a game multi-platform for uh, two platforms that are, that are years and years apart in terms of technology, the product will suffer. You know, there's no way around it because you make concessions here and there, you make sacrifices here and there. So, by focusing our attention on just one console,
0: uh, it allowed us to create something that that's makes the most out of the 3DS. Now, every week, the Nintendo eShop gets dozens of games. How do you think Silver Falls is going to stand out from the pack?
1: We believe that Silver Falls sets out to do something that other games just haven't done yet. I'm a big a 3ds fan myself i've played dozens and dozens of 3ds games you know and i i just adore the console um, and ever since the console came out i personally wish oh, i'd love to see a game like this i wish you know a game would do this and i had faith like you know what some developer definitely will create a game like this this will be great ah oh, you know more games like resident evil revelations this will be fantastic um and the years went on and you know i didn't really see Uh, a game quite like silver falls and i really wanted to and i'm i'm sure there are players all around the world that really felt similarly if not the same they wanted to see a game like this so in terms of 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 tone and atmosphere uh we believe that it brings something to the table that that no other game uh does you know in terms of the horror category there aren't that many games uh, that are horror themed on the 3ds and in terms of of story and setting and characters Uh, we set out to create relatable characters with interesting stories. Uh, and we hope the narrative, uh, and the visuals of the game really, really, uh, appeal to people. Uh, there are points in development where we realized, oh, wow, we can achieve this effect. We can create a scene that looks like this. And I'm looking at it, and some points in development, I look at it and go, I, wow, I, I've never seen a scene like that on the 3DS. So we hope interesting, uh, the concept for gameplay and, and depth to the gameplay and characters and story. We hope that reaches people. Have you thought about doing Street Pass integration? You know, I I would love to have uh, had the time to incorporate Street Pass, uh but that's a whole uh set of skills that we decided uh we didn't really have time in development to develop uh experience and skills with Street Pass. Um, I personally always loved using street Pass, you know, and uh, if I went on the train or any public transport, you know, I'd, I'd think, oh, I better grab my 3DS and put it on standby. You know, I've got to get those Street StreetPass and things like that. Um, if we had more time in development, I think that would have been a, a great way to, to add just a bit more fun and excitement to the console. But unfortunately, we, we didn't have the
0: time for that. My um, 3DS, um, my Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask new 3DS, Um, unfortunately broke, and I had to send it into Nintendo. And um, I had everything Street Pass completed, all the puzzles. Oh, no. And they were able to (laughs) transfer all the games, but none of the Street Pass. Oh, no. Oh, that's a shame. That's terrible. So, yeah, it it was. And then I had to get, you know, downgrade from the amazingly beautiful... (laughs) new you know Majora's Mask 3DS to a black 3DS <laughs> oh no oh and they couldn't save the data oh that's
1: terrible so I have seen the Majora's Mask 3DS that's a beautiful console
0: yeah it broke my heart but it's like I have too much invested in the 3DS <laughs> I can't just not have one <laughs> absolutely absolutely now speaking of the 3DS what are some of your favorite three 3DS games Alright, my
1: three favorite 3DS games. My first one uh, would be Resident Evil Revelations, uh, which we brought up earlier. I think it's a huge inspiration. I think it's a modern miracle. I think it's brilliant. Um, uh, my other two favorite games would be Pokemon X and Super Smash Bros. for 3DS. I actually, uh, my main 3DS console, I've actually broken the circle pad from playing so much Smash on it. <laughs>
0: talk about a miracle of gaming right there <laughs> it is amazing yeah, they, what they did with the smash brothers on the 3ds
1: absolutely they crammed so many characters into it and when they they started the dlc and they were adding more characters and the loading time actually increased on the game and sometimes i would look at it and go
0: is this going to make my hardware catch on fire there's so many characters and that was fully in 3d and run 60 frames a second or basically 60 yeah absolutely now what are your overall th- uh, favorite three video games overall well there's there's a popular
1: opinion in there so i don't know people might might say i'm uncultured because i, I didn't pick something <laughs> some obscure indie title but my favorite game of all time would be final fantasy seven uh and then my next favorite game would be uh the legend of zelda ocarina of time uh I don't know. I, I have a lot of nostalgia for the N64 version. I mean, I love the 3DS version. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's. A, I think it's a great way to, to bring that, that game into a, a modern console. But, you know, there's a bit of nostalgia to the N64 version for me. And uh, my last favorite game would be, uh, I don't know, this might be a bit obscure for people, but Breath of Fire for the Super Nintendo.
0: Okay. No love for Link to the Past or Mario World or...
1: You know what? You got it. You got to pick 3 when you got to pick 3. You know, and I I'm a huge fan of of a Link to the Past and I love all the Mario games, you know. I actually uh, Link's Awakening would be my next favorite Zelda game. But um Breath of Fire was a game that visually it's it's not as, you know, groundbreaking as Final Fantasy, but when you look at the year that it released, I believe it was 92 in Japan, uh, 93 uh, you know, in the rest of the world. The game itself uh it actually set so many trends for the RPG genre, and it, it blows my mind that people don't accredit it uh, because it did a lot of things before other RPGs. You know, and it had fantastically unique uh, party members. Uh, it had bright, catchy visuals that you know were like, oh wow! It just it feels like eye candy, you know, in terms of the colors. And it had things like uh, characters confused with each other during battle and become new, entirely different characters there were characters that could transform into different forms um and it it did so many things you know when you had uh four character or four characters in a battle at a time but you had eight recruitable characters and you could swap out the characters anytime during battle uh it did so many things that that really other RPGs uh, afterwards sort of drew inspiration from so it it's something that that really uh trailblazed and i i just
0: have so many fond memories of it now going back to your game, um, how do you do the music? Uh, the music so uh,
1: normally I, I uh, go with a, a dedicated composer uh, he's brilliant um, but for this particular game, I really had uh, a very specific vision um, and I thought it'd be it'd be just so difficult and so time consuming to try to explain uh, to someone ah, look, this is the kind of music, uh, and it has to be like this. It has to be like, so, uh, so I, I did the soundtrack myself. Um, I'm not a full-time composer, but I have done, uh, composing in the past and I have uh, musical training. Um, and we wanted to create a soundtrack that again, uh, a lot of people will draw, uh, sort of comparisons to silent hill. We wanted to create a soundtrack that was a sort of melancholy, uh, And a little bit moody and atmospheric that didn't sound like Silent Hill. You know, people would think, oh, this game is just a copy of Silent Hill because it has fog in it, you know. And we wanted to really create an identity for the game, uh, both visually and uh, with the soundtrack itself. And I I believe you have some samples uh, there.
0: Uh, Yes, we'll be adding the samples now.
1: Uh, yeah so we we hope um people enjoy playing the game we hope that they um have a you know they enjoy spending time with the characters and seeing their struggles and and explore this this weird world that they're sort of been thrust into and we hope that the music sort of accentuates that so that uh, you know maybe they they hear a soundtrack or two outside of the context of the game and it sort of reminds
0: them man i had a lot of fun with that oh that's from this scene that was really cool you know is this something that, you know, you don't want to plug in your headphones and listen to, or is it better over the actual speakers? Well, the entire game, I think, works
1: best um, through headphones. You know, we try to do some atmospheric, um, environmental sounds and things like that, but uh, we think it works best with headphones. You know, I again, I'm a huge fan of Silent Hill, and, and sometimes when I'm driving, I'll just put on, you know, Silent Hill music and things like that. So we wanted uh, music that didn't sort of shove the emotion of the scene down people's throats, but something that's a bit more uh, chill but atmospheric.
0: Now, um, just for the 3DS, have you really thought about how to make the game portable-friendly, like having a quick-save function or, or you know, making sure that when you close the lid it goes to sleep mode and all that?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, during our conceptual stages, that was something that was very important to us. Um, you know, uh, we had played with the idea of, of, of portability and play for a couple minutes at a time, quick save. And we actually decided against the use of an autosave save or a quick save. And the reason for that is because when you have a designated save point, it builds a sense of safety for the player. And they think I'm here, I'm safe. Nothing can touch me because if something bad happens, look, I'm right next to the save point. It's okay. As the player uh controls their character and they in the game world they move farther and farther from the save point it builds a sense of tension and danger and you think oh man i am so far from my last stage if something bad happens to me you know i'm screwed and that isn't a bad feeling that's an exciting feeling for players that really adds something to the game having an auto save uh, and having you know quick saves it really prevents that sort of excitement from occurring in the game. So the game itself uh, has its core story mode, and that's meant for people to play when they're at home. You know, they can sort of, you know, if they need to to plug their console into a charger, they can plug it in. Uh, they don't have to worry about running out of power. You know, there's sufficient save points throughout the game to where you won't feel like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm too far from a save point to, you know, it's it's not fair. Um, but there's a secondary game mode that occurs outside of the storyline mode and that secondary game mode is called frontier fighters and frontier fighters is sort of a bit of a dungeon crawler uh, with some rpg aspects to it you know you're collecting loot um you're you're earning weapons uh you're you're customizing and increasing uh the stats on your weapons, so they have faster reload time increased damage uh there's uh, a lot More characters available for frontier fighters than there are in storyline mode, so it adds a lot of variety because each character has their own sort of stat spread. Uh, You can level up their stats to improve their performance. Each character has unique set of skills that you can customize, Uh, and you play short missions, you know, which should last around five minutes or 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 less, or maybe a bit more for the longer missions. And that's the mode that we thought: look, if people want to take this on the go and play a couple minutes at a time, they'll load up. Frontier Fighters mode, and it's less about exploring, and, and more about just ah, I'll do a mission real quick, get into the action, see what kind of loot I can get and, uh, yeah, that was that was the idea we had for sort of the, the stay-at-home, long-term experience, and also portability
0: I remember the battle days of Nintendo 64 and uh, Turok and I remember specifically, like, barely surviving to get to save points and like, I remember <laughs> um one time where i could not save because too many enemies nearby and like oh, i had to no. kill them all and nope i died immediately like oh. right in front of the save point and i just like screamed
1: <laughs> yeah but you know so you understand the sort of excitement that comes from not being safe in a game you know and there's a sense of, of danger and excitement that comes from not having your game saved
0: yeah yeah so will you be using all the elements of the 3DS, like the touchscreen and the dual screen nature?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the majority of the game takes place, uh, of course, on the, on the stereoscopic top screen. And I, we really wanted to keep the, uh, the UI elements, you know, things that pop up like health bar. We didn't really want that cluttering uh, the top screen because we wanted to try to keep that as cinematic as possible. So, you know, all the uh, UI elements, um, for the most part, will be on the bottom screen. The inventory is uh, omnipresent. It's always there. So with the just one touch, players can uh, swap out their items. They can change their items. They can use health items just by using uh, the touchscreen. There's a Geiger counter that's visible on the touchscreen as well that alerts players to radiation so they know, uh-oh, if I go over here, I might start
0: taking some damage, things like that. Of course, they can quickly glance and look at their health bar and things like that. And everything's going to be big enough that you can just use your finger. You don't have to grab the status out. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we we took all things into consideration, especially during our testing phases. And we
1: probably spent just one day um, constantly sizing and resizing the, the inventory item buttons just to see uh, how small can we get these and still make it to where the player won't, you know, miss that button or accidentally push the wrong one. So we we, we feel that there's the right amount of balance to have a good fair, of, fair number of items available while still being able to touch them accurately.
0: Because if it's an action game, like you're saying, you, you definitely don't want to grab the stylus and, you know, try to get that doing in the middle of action, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm a
1: huge fan of, of Zelda, of course, like I said. Um, but the, the Zelda games that use the touchscreen, you know, I would not I would never say something horrible about a Zelda game. But there's nothing wrong with the, the Zelda games that use the touchscreen. The problem is that I can't see through my hands. You know, I have to use my mm-hmm. hands to hold the stylus. And uh, my hand has to be over the, the touch screen in order to, to actually play the game. And so for the Zelda games, I'd often find myself getting killed by something that was under my hand. You know, and it's like, oh, but it's my fault because my hands aren't clear.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you make this game have a good value for the customer? Um, it's going to take a long time to complete it? Are you going to have good replay value? Yeah, replay value is something that's that's super, super important to, to me
1: personally as a gamer. Uh, and with Silver Falls, we wanted to create a core story that had enough uh, depth to it that people could play through once and go, yeah, cool, all right. And if they happen to have any questions left over, you know, they're like, hey, what about this, though? What was that all about? What was this about? What did that mean? You know, they play through the game again. Uh, the storyline mode, and they they start getting more answers, and they'll think, "Oh, that's why this was like that, or that's why this happened." And in terms of again the secondary uh, mode to the game, that's more action based, the frontier fighters, um, that's designed to where you know hopefully people can just pour hours and hours and hours into it and still have a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, um, there's a lot of characters uh, that you can unlock and play as in the game, and they all play a bit differently because of their stat spread, and um, when you earn weapons from frontier fighter, uh, frontier fighters, uh, the we- there's a chance that weapons can have skills attached to them, and then skills totally augment the way a uh, player behaves. You know, for example, there can be skills that make your character stronger with shotguns or machine guns. You can have a skill that you know when a character switches weapons, if the next weapon is empty, the character will actually load one round of ammunition into it. You know, and there's another skill to where if a player eats a health item, they'll also automatically reload one round into their their weapon. So things like that that really sort of alter the way the the character plays, and it's something that players can feel they customize. And if a character plays a certain way, and if they become, you know, totally awesome, it's not because of the game; it's because the player. Went through the effort of collecting those items and upgrading skills and putting those things together, and players can feel some sense of ownership over the power of that character.
0: How much time will like the main campaign take to complete? Like five hours or ten, or it's just up to the player. It's really up to the player. You
1: know, we created uh, a game that has a structure and it has a set of events, but for the most part, it's open world and that the player can go where they want and do what they want. And it's not um, a lack of structure, but it's a sense of openness, and it's a sense of having to find uh, what you need to find in order to move the game forward. And and we've played games that feel like corridors, and you're just walking through a long corridor, and you're watching characters gab on and, and flap their mouths, and then they walk forward, and then another character flaps their mouths, and then you fight a boss and you walk forward. and we. That gets real, real uninteresting. So we wanted a game that has enough uh, storyline and visual clues to where the player will know what they have to do in general, but really they can do and go where they want. Because we we feel that there's enough in the world itself uh, that players can explore and discover details that that aren't obvious. And they feel rewarded for, oh, wow, I found out a little bit more about this character. I've discovered some background detail. And so there's some reward there for players that that are really
0: into it for the atmosphere in the story. Will the game have um, spoken dialogue and voice acting?
1: We did consider that, and we chose to not have voice acting. And the reason for that is to allow the player to fill in the voices uh for themselves you know um the older games uh didn't necessarily have voice acting and most games didn't uh but what that allowed the player to do is to sort of uh, form a sense of attachment and form a bond with those characters because the player fills in the voices themselves and when the player does that they're part of the identity of of the character they're they're looking at part of that identity is built from the player's personal experience. And, you know, the player might think, oh, you know, that kind of looks like my friend or that kind of looks like, you know, my cousin, you know. Um, and so we hope that the presentation of characters, and the identity of the characters in Silver Falls is a, is a two-way street and that players can sort of impart um, uh, some, some of, of what they know uh, to the
0: characters themselves and they'll feel a bit more attached to them. That sounds fantastic. Um, Will we get into eShop demo just so we can play it ourselves? Yes,
1: absolutely. We do have uh, an eShop demo coming soon. We're just sorting out the uh, the publishing date on that. And that actually uh, is sort of a special feature uh, because it has a a storyline chapter that isn't part of the main game in the Silver Falls game. We created the demo um, specifically to stand on its own and it has a story that takes place three years before the main Silver Falls uh, Three Down Stars story. And for um, players that maybe play the, the main game and don't know about the demo, they might you know find out about the demo and play it later, and it will actually provide more insight uh, into the events and the stories. And for people that play the demo first, we hope that it'll drum up some excitement um, to show something that leads up to the actual events. And we hope doing that, uh, we'll avoid spoilers in the actual Silver Falls game itself.
0: That sounds great. Um, do you have an expected release date and price? Uh, yeah, so we're hoping to launch the game around twenty-five uh,
1: U.S. dollars, and uh, we're still sorting out the final release date. But we absolutely want to make sure everything is is just right, you know, or as good as it can be uh, before we launch. But of course, we do have a, a development period; we have to try to stick to. Um, at the very latest, you know, depending on how, how uh, the publishing process goes, we're looking at May. Um, and that's, you know, that's apocalyptic cases. Um, but we're we're really looking at and hoping for a release date uh, sooner than May.
0: All right. Sounds great. Do you have any final statement, any final hook that you want to get to get people interested in this game or game development or anything you want to say? Well... You've conducted such a great interview. I I feel like you've drawn
1: out all the information, uh, we can get, uh, at this point. But I, I mean, I would like to thank all of the supporters we've had on social media. Uh, you know, that we have people that are telling us all their fans of it already, you know, and they're telling their friends and, and we're just so grateful and appreciative for all the people that, you know, take interest, uh, in the game they express interest and they share it with people um and you know i really want to thank you for uh such a great interview and for featuring us on your channel we really appreciate that
0: all right well i'm definitely happy to have you and i hope success for your game and for your company and uh i guess that's going to be basically it for this podcast uh thank you for listening uh bye thank you bye Alright, before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. Alright, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, Thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And, of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone.